0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, we are Deep Dive Sports, and we are back with another episode of the Lights Out podcast. Um, nothing too heavy this week. Just going to recap the main card of UFC 266, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. Uh, we're basically just going to jump right into it. First off, I want to start on the prelims. Last podcast I talked about um, the Marlon Marais fight versus Murad. Um, I had Murad winning that fight. Marlon is on a now like a Five-fight loose streak. Marab's on, like, a five-fight win streak. Uh, pretty much, it almost didn't play out how I expected it to play out. I thought Marab was going to pretty much dominate that fight, but Marlon almost took him out of there at <laughs> the start of the first round. Pretty great fight if you didn't watch it. Merab um, had an, an incredible comeback, um, pretty back and forth. I don't actually know. Did that fight win any awards? I don't think it did. That at least was- I, I don't think it did. Yeah, not that comes to mind, but I mean, damn, what a way to end the prelims that was. Um, If if you didn't see it, basically Marlon caught Marab pretty early in the round. Um, Marab was really hurt, Um, basically lasted out the rest of the round, kind of came back a little bit towards the end of the round, knocked around Marlon a little bit. Second round started. It was just all Marab, complete domination. Exactly how I anticipated. (laughs) Moving on to the main card. Um, really only one surprise for me, at least on my predictions. Um, the Curtis Blade fight uh, did not go how I was anticipating. Curtis Blade actually didn't go the way anybody I, I think was anticipating, especially with the the way it happened, uh, with the decision in the fifth or the third round for Curtis Blades. Um, and there was relatively no action that entire fight. I mean I, I kind of hinted at it, um, but I thought that Curtis was gonna be the the more seclusive fighter. Um, but they were both mildly tame, a little bit scared of each other. I don't know if I'd say uh, a little bit have, have more respect for each other. Um was it was just a little bit afraid of the the uh the confrontation. So Jessica Andrade won her fight, K O T K O first round. Um we all predicted that. Um, pretty heavy-handedly. The Robbie Lawler, Nick Diaz fight was kind of a shock for me. Um, I said Robbie Lawler was gonna win that, but I definitely said there was gonna be no KO TKO. I don't even know. It was kind of wasn't even really a KO. It was uh Nick Diaz gave up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which I don't know. Kind of hurt to see. I don't I don't really know what to say about that, to be honest. Um, I mean, I understand maybe it's I mean it's been I can't remember what six years, seven years. He hasn't yeah. been like that in a very long time. Robbie Lawler's on a lost streak, came out with a vengeance, especially since he lost the first fight, was ready to put on a show and gave everything he had. And I don't think Nick Diaz was ready for it. Um, but that ended in a KO TKO round three. Valentina Shevchenko, complete domination through the entire fight. Um, I was a little shocked it went as long as it did, uh, round four, about four minutes in. Um, I don't know. I think she dominated the majority of that fight. I think Lauren was okay in the first round as most Valentina opponents are. They've still got the confidence as she said in her, uh, post fight press confidence. Um, most fighters don't break until after the fight starts because she just, I mean, she's just utter domination. (laughs) I I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. I mean,
1: I have like just, I mean, just an absolute clinic. Nobody here said that Lauren Murphy was going to win, but just the way that, you know, she always goes out there. I mean, I really just don't see anybody in in her weight class touching her at this moment in time. I really think it's just time for Nunez, Shevchenko, three. But I don't know if they're going to make that fight or not. Nunez was supposed to fight uh, somebody else. I, I can't remember the name. And then she got COVID or there was some something to do with COVID. So she had to pull out of the uh, that fight. But I think with Shevchenko, just, I mean, her skill set, speed combinations, the pressure. I mean, I, it's literally just too much for anybody, anybody <laughs> to take. I, I'm, I'd i be curious to see if she's ever really even dropped it around. I mean, Khabib maybe he dropped like one or two rounds in his UFC career. I'd be curious to see if Shevchenko's ever really dropped a round. I mean, other than to Nunez, I mean. So besides yeah. the two Nunez fights, I w- I would be curious to see the stats on if she's ever dropped a round because the way that she just, I mean, she just dismantles. That's like the best word I could like think to describe the way she just dismantles somebody from the beginning. The combinations she throws is just. It's unmatched.
0: It it really is. Um, Amanda News is supposed to fight Julia Pena um, mm, early next year, late December. I, I can't remember the exact date, but I I mean she's cleaned out. Valentina has cleaned out the entire division. I mean she cleaned it out two or three fights ago, and we've just been waiting for people to either continually win fights or new contenders to come up. So last podcast we need. I think that's the best fight to make. It gives Amanda something to do. It gives Valentina a new challenge and a, a granted new challenge since she supposedly lost her last fight against Munez, but that's up to great debate. So, um, moving on with the Alexander Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega fight, the main, the main fight of the night. Um, I actually had Brian Ortega winning that fight. Um, he almost did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for a split second on two occasions yeah third round he almost won that fight um other than that he had no chance of winning that fight <laughs> no no it was it, it did not go as i anticipated it would go but it went how i figured it probably would go on a, on a fighting standpoint um not really a whole lot I want to say about this fight, to be honest. I think Volkanovski was very dominant. I think he looked amazing. I think Ortega looked great. Um, but I just, I think Volkanovski was too much for him. Um, I remember I texted you guys right after the fight. I said, "Vol doesn't have my respect. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard not to give him his respect. Oh, absolutely. That, but it's... uh. I don't know. I just wanted Brian to win that fight. I wanted to see another Brian Max fight, and I mean, it is it is what it is. I mean, it's possible that
1: Brian and Max would meet again. I don't know how much longer Max Holloway is going to stay in the one forty five pound division, but I mean, I definitely think that fight could be on the horizon at some point. I mean, Max is fighting Yair Rodriguez soonish, I think. So after that fight. I'll probably give him Volkanovsky again. I mean, Volkanovsky after the fight was saying, yeah, bring it on. And after the second fight that he had with Max Holloway, he was kind of like, yeah, I kind of want other people. I don't really want Max again, which is to be expected. You know, when you fight a guy twice back to back, it's kind of like you prepare for the same person for so long that a person kind of runs your life. So after the second fight, Volkanovsky's like, yeah, I really don't want to run it back with Max Holloway. But I think now Volkanovsky's probably like, Yeah, he's definitely like the toughest opponent I faced and my biggest challenge, something that like, you know, I think fighters thrive on. So I definitely think he sees it more of a possibility now to fight Max if Max wins the Rodriguez fight. Um, Yeah, I mean, as you were saying, Ortega, the takeaway for me, there's a couple takeaways from this fight. I mean, number one. It's just absolute insanity. The level of jujitsu that Brian Ortega has has to be some of the best in the entire UFC. I mean, he's a black belt in jujitsu. He trains with the Gracie family, which was like the founders of jiu-jitsu in Brazil, and he trains with like the grandsons of the guy that created jujitsu in California. And he's been doing it for so long. Just the level of jujitsu that this this man possesses. And the fact that, you know, in the round, in the third round, he has Volkanovski in a mounted guillotine. If you watch it, if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend watching it. Even if it's just the highlights, I'm sure this will be in there. You see him just squeezing the life out of Volkanovski's. I, I mean, the life was, like, leaving his eyes. His, his face was purple. His legs were, like, shaking uncontrollably. And, yep. you know, after the fight, Volkanovski and Ortega both said, like, he was making weird sounds like he was gurgling like you know obviously trying to get air and somehow i don't know i don't know whether it was maybe ortega lost the grip or maybe volkanovsky just fought it long enough where he was able to slip out who knows if he would maybe he flashed unconscious i don't know but he got out of it not once and then a couple minutes later does the same thing again with the triangle submission attempt that one in my eyes, wasn't as bad as the Mounted Guillotine, if you watch it especially. <laughs> I mean, he was in trouble, but not as much trouble as the Mounted Guillotine. That was, that was like, scary to watch back a couple times. But the fact that Volkanovski, I mean, that really just shows, like, the heart of a champion, you know. That was one of my takeaways, the toughness and the respect that you got to show Ortega is another takeaway. And then kind of the last takeaway from this fight that I really want to touch on, because I think it's key, is that... Volkanovski's cardio, I mean, it's out of this world. In the fifth round, he was still going. He looked like he was in the first or second round again. Ortega was looking definitely gassed. I mean, he had some, like, flashes in the fifth round where he got some energy back and was throwing some combinations. But Volkanovski, I mean, he he didn't slow down, like, one bit. It, it was really – it was crazy to watch. And, um, yeah, and I saw this tweet after the fight, and it was – Ortega really ran into two of the best featherweights of all time on his quest for gold and, like, just got shut down in both. You know, he fought Max and he got destroyed. He fought Volkanovski and got destroyed. And it is, it's definitely heartbreaking for him because I like Ortega. I think he's a good guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he's very skilled. He's continue he's young and he's continuing to work on his craft. But there's a point where, you know, you make so many title runs. And if it's the same people holding the title, the UFC probably won't give you another shot. So for his sake, you know, you kind of want to, I mean, he he could get a second fight with Max and Volkanovsky, but a third and a fourth, like if he gets back up there, I don't think the UFC is going to do it. So I really hope, you know, he goes back, sharpens his skills, fights somebody again, gets the dub, and then see him back up there. in
0: the pit. I think, did you have Robbie or Nick winning that when, when we talked about it last podcast?
1: I had Lawler winning it. I had it by KO, actually, so – You Uh, did, you did have it
0: by KO. You had every
1: fight by KO, to
0: be fair, but. That's
1: right. You said I was crazy, but, I mean, this fight for me was just kind of, like, enjoyable to watch, just because it was, like, two veterans. I don't, I mean, they were both, like, eating a lot of shots and throwing a lot of shots, so it was kind of, like, not that these guys aren't skilled, but it was kind of just, like, a slugfest, in my opinion. Like, it wasn't, like, you know, they were both trying to be like super technical about anything in my eyes when I was watching it. It was just kind of, they were throwing combinations. Combinations would be thrown back. Not a lot of defense. Uh, I'm surprised like Nick didn't try to, you know, jujitsu, didn't try jujitsu or anything like that. There's definitely something like, I think maybe Diaz had some stuff leading up to the fight that maybe kind of messed him up. You know, if you watch his pre-fight interviews and stuff like that he was literally saying like i don't know why i'm doing this this fight doesn't make any sense this is stupid this is crazy i don't know why i'm doing this most fighters don't take that approach i mean he's being a realist but most fighters wouldn't take that approach that plus you know you can go on like instagram and see him like a couple months back he was like ripped he was fit it's on his instagram like I mean, he had like a six pack, eight pack, you know, you name it. I mean, he looked in good shape. And then in this fight, obviously there was the debacle where he flies into fight week and he's like, yeah, I'm not fighting at one. You know, he's like, I'm not fighting at the weight that I agreed to. I'm not cutting weight, basically. And then Lawler was like, that's fine. I'll still fight you. But I think, you know, and then you look at his physique, not the best, obviously. It's just not something that I think maybe he had maybe some mental or some physical stuff going on leading up to this fight. Or maybe he really just doesn't want to do it anymore. You never know. I, uh, my takeaway was I, I thought it was an okay fight. I thought it was fun just watching two veterans go at it. I would love to see them both back in the octagon because I love them both. But, you know, with the way he quit, maybe this just maybe this isn't it for him Or if that makes sense. Just maybe he's just mentally, physically, maybe he thought it was it leading up to it and then maybe something happened or maybe he really started to think about it and was like, yeah, I don't know if this is it for me. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, that was pretty much all I had for that fight. Just a lot of damage taken, a lot of damage thrown from both guys. Nick Diaz didn't hope he's okay, you know, like <laughs> physically, whatever it may be. I I don't know, but I definitely just, it, I don't think he was himself.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's just definitely something I wanted to touch on a little bit was the way everything kind of transpired right after our podcast and everything that was leading up to the fight and our last podcast, I should say with obviously Nick not wanting to cut weight anymore or cut more weight and kind of looking down and taking a weird approach to the fight. I mean, I would I would agree that he had he either had something going on outside of the fighting world, or he just had given up before the fight had taken. Right. And And for me, when I was watching him fight, it kind of felt like it, I mean, it, it, it was a slugfest. I mean, Robbie Lawler was preparing for a slugfest. He wasn't preparing. You can tell by the way he came out, he wasn't preparing for a fight to prove that he's the most technical fighter in the world. He was coming out to throw 175 punches in the first round and see what he if he could knock out Nick. Yeah. And I think Nick was just kind of like, I'm just going to go in there and, and see whatever I can do. And, I mean, if something happens, it happens. And then he, he just... I don't know. I I don't I don't think he was in it. I I don't think he is in it. And I don't think we'll see him again. I it it was kind of disappointing. It was a little disheartening. But I don't know when you you see a fighter just I mean, obviously, there's situations where you're hurt and you have to quit. I mean, sometimes you just have to quit. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to put any disrespect on Nick's name because obviously, he's a legend of the sport. But it was just kind of like, why, why are you quitting? <laughs> um, and that kind of reaffirmed my suspicion that he's just, he's mentally not in the game. He doesn't want to be in the game. I think he was originally excited to do it for the fans and to get back into the ring and to see everybody and to feel the experience again, but I don't think he was ready to fight. Um, and that was, that was a bit disappointing. But, I mean, thankfully we had obviously the main event which was absolutely just one of the greatest fights I've seen in a very long time. So, um,
1: I did have another fight that I wanted to touch on that was on the terms that I, yeah. I did on the last um podcast was the uh Dan Hooker and the Nasrat uh Hack Parast. Um, I said Dan would win, I said KOTKO, <laughs> I didn't yeah. get it done that way, but um, I thought Dan Hooker looked great, honestly. Uh, You know, 177 total strikes, 73 significant strikes, uh, three of seven takedowns. Now, this is something I kind of wanted to touch on because we haven't typically seen a lot of takedowns or mixing it up, per se, from Dan Hooker. But this fight, I mean, if you watch his takedowns, they were, like, timed perfectly. I think if he really keeps working on his takedowns and grappling, I think he's going to be an even bigger problem for the lightweight division than he already is. Because his striking is, like, top tier. I mean, he's fought some of the best and, you know, he's lost some fights. I think he's like 21 and 10 or something like that, but he's lost some fights, but he has some great performances under his belt. And like I said, if he just keeps mixing it up, takedowns, wrestling, grappling, and then that with his already like great striking, um, I think he's, like I said, I think he's just going to be an even bigger problem than he already is. And right after the fight, it might've been the night of, or the next day, he's already accepted another fight with islam makachev uh, it's at the end of october and makachev he's unranked i believe but he had obviously he's like a very well-known guy right now he's got a lot of hype around him um and that's just the kind of guy dan hooker is reminds me of donald cerrone just anyone anytime anywhere any place i mean he's down i think it has something to do with you know his visa in australia new zealand where it's like takes them like weeks and months to get back into the country after they leave so I think he's just trying to get in as many fights as he can while he's here. But I got to put the respect on him, you know. Quick
0: turnaround, and he's really about it. Yeah, um, I love <laughs> I love that you brought up Donald soroni because that's not a name that is uh, is talked about too often anymore, especially with him being on like a seventy five fight loss streak right now. Um, but <laughs> I, I mean, you, you got to give props to Dan Hooker. He's, I mean, his last like three or four. Fights before this one were what like Dustin Poirier, um, Michael Chandler, which he lost. Paul Felder, Michael Chandler, like all names on names. Um, I think he lost every single one of those fights. But no, he beat, he beat Paul Felder. He he won the Paul Felder. Fight. But um, I mean, those are those are names that you just can't. And and especially with obviously him just coming around after dominating that fight and accepting a fight against. The man that's been dominating everybody in that division. Um, I, I'm excited for that fight. I think, I think you're right um, that he needs to start mixing up his takedowns, his wrestling, his grappling, with his his striking. I don't know if the Makachev fight is the fight to do that, though. <laughs> it's probably not, but um, but maybe maybe work on that a little bit and implement it a little bit for that fight. But Makachev is kind of Probably gonna win that that ground battle if you take him down there, Tony. I want to hear your your thoughts on the fights that happened this weekend. Not much have been coming out of you, so.
2: Oh no, that's all good. So uh, I thought, I I thought the fights on two sixty six were pretty good. Uh, obviously, uh, we we start uh, Chase kind of started off with the Marab and Morres fight. That definitely was was a killer. Mar- Marab the machine just totally just blurring the shit out of Morez. you know it's <laughs> but Espe- especially like in the second round where he like just had uh where he had like 100 plus unanswered strikes on Morez. so it's just like you know it's just like what like you're not even going to defend or even try to fight and like what the like what the hell are you even doing but no he just came in and totally obliterated him and uh but no there's yeah not nothing really else I can say by that yeah. um but no i and then and then the blades and jorzino fight that uh, like you guys mentioned there was wasn't really anything that was happening like they're just <laughs> i don't know just trying to dance with each other or something like but
1: they dance man they
2: yeah <laughs> it was a it was a heavy
1: dance yeah they, they just get too like timid from each other that they're gonna knock each oh, other yeah they kind of just stand
2: oh uh, yeah but uh but no man like pre- pretty much me, like the the only exciting thing that i saw was uh was like when jorzino did it like a jumping knee into blades and his his eye you see how big his fun- his eye got yeah, like the- yeah. <laughs> but no that was uh, that was pretty much like the only exciting thing i saw but uh but no, I definitely liked the blades wrestling style. And I thought that definitely, uh, was, you know, the, the deciding factor in this match was, his wrestling style. Um, because, because Jorzino showed that he definitely could not defend that at all. But, uh, and obviously Shevchenko and Murphy Shevchenko, you know, there's, there's nobody like her in, in that, in that weight division. Um, yeah, she she just proved she was waiting. But, you know, she was too fast, too powerful. Her technique was flawless, and you know, just just powerful right from right from the get go. And but it's just and, and like you guys have already touched that there's really, there's really nobody there for her at the moment besides Nunez. It's like this is her sixth time that she's defended her championship, and so it's like what what else is there yeah. besides Nunez at this point, there's nobody. <laughs> but uh and, and then you know Volkanovski and Ortega. Vol- I I definitely thought Ortega either would have had him in that triangle hole or the guillotine, but you uh, <laughs> just just squeezing the hell out of him. <laughs> you know, but but nothing. Volkanovski's you know the the veteran and the champ he is. I I want to defend my my belt. You no, know, he, he just somehow found a way, got out of it. And I think it was either uh it was either the guillotine or the triangle hole, I forget which one, but I like he like he uh even signaled to the uh to the ref. He gave him a thumbs up. It's like, oh I'm good. This is nothing for me. Like I'm you know, keep, keep the fight going, you know, screw it. <laughs> um but no that at that fight, signaled the uh, Volkanovski's methic straight win currently. Mm-hmm. So one. and and is this is this either his second or his third
0: defend for the title? Third, I think. Third, yeah. Two Maxes third. and a Maxes. Brian. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. But yeah, and, um, I mean, overall, crazy day. Um, the previous sure. were great main card had its ups and downs as most main cards do the two title fights didn't disappoint in any way um i'm sorry unless you count valentina just utterly dominating people Is but i mean that's all you're gonna get when she fights so (laughs) but i mean that's all i got for everybody tonight if anybody else has any additional thoughts we'd love to hear them all i got
2: that's all i got it was a it was an exciting night a lot of good fights you know you should you should have watched it. If you didn't,
0: you know, it sucks for you. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't watch the fights tonight, you should de- or on UFC 266, you should definitely check out the highlights of the Volkanovski Otega fight. Um, really, the only other highlights I suggest checking out are the Marlon Moraes Marab fight because that fight was oh pins down probably the second best fight of the night. So check those for two sure. if you haven't seen them already. We are Deep Dive Sports. And I want to thank Antonio and Duke for coming back on tonight. Sir. Sure. Yeah, buddy. We'll, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Lights out, everyone.
1: Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sports on Twitter instagram and facebook for any update and please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next as always we are deep dive sports until next time